0: people, and welcome to the Glorious and the Mundane podcast. I am your host, Christy Knuckles, and my co host, I want to welcome back Miss Shannon, Mrs. Shannon Scott. Yes, Mrs.
1: for sure. (laughs) Jeff would appreciate that. So,
0: if you missed the episode called This Banner Over Me is Love, I introduced that. Shannon and I have been
1: friends for how long now? Oh, gosh. I mean, we met before I ever got married, and I've been married. 22 years? Have we really known each other that yes. long?
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes.
1: But we became friends, I would say, probably 2010, 2011.
0: Yeah. So. Well, thanks for journeying with me. Love it.
1: My joy, for sharing sure. Sharing
0: about my book that's out. Oh my goodness.
1: So fun. This has been a long-awaited day. Yes. And I and every one of your friends are cheering you on. I often joke that anytime Christy needs encouragement, I tell her I have a cheerleading uniform in my closet, and it has C-knock on the front, and I just <laughs> chant, give me a C. So she gets a give me a C text if she ever needs one. That's so That's right. Well, thanks for being back today for
0: this episode that we're calling The Glorious and the Mundane, because it is one of the chapters in the book where um, you definitely know a lot about this Mm -hmm. part of my journey. And so I wanted to invite you in on this one because I knew that um, some of what we're going to talk about, especially us laying down watermark, Mm -hmm. I talk about that in this book. And if you missed the last episode where Shannon gave me a little bit of a song quiz, um, you might want to go back to it because it's actually pretty hilarious and enlightening. To
1: yeah, back- you, you didn't do very well on the quiz. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I got wondered- one out of three. You right? did. You did. But you did. that's okay. You you didn't write those songs. You yeah. guessed it on them for other people. But today, like, since we're going to talk about this season, which really, this is such a tender chapter because it's about... The laying down of Watermark, which if you are new to Christy Knuckles and you don't know kind of mm-hmm. the previous life that she lived, she and Nathan were Watermark back in the late 90s and early 2000s yeah. and um, released such beautiful songs mm-hmm. over, I think, five different records, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought it might be fun before we get into the story, which is kind of tender. <laughs> what do you think about just like another quiz, like of your own music? Maybe do you think you'll remember your own music oh, a little better? Goodness, I hope so. Mm. I might also cry. These are going to take me back. I've been, uh, I bet I'll remember these. It took me back for sure. In fact, oh. I had trouble figuring out which way to go, but I picked three. Um they all mean sweet things to me for sure, and so I know they do to you. But here here would be the first one. Are you ready? Like do you have your think think really far back cap on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Let's try, let's see, let's make sure our volume is good. Okay, let's try this one. Oh, I know this one. Do you? You should probably start singing when you start singing.
0: That'll run it. <laughs> oh, long intro. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Nathan had to get his beautiful orchestration on there. Maybe we should just play songs for the whole episode. Aww. Through and through till my heart home for you.
0: Ooh, I love that one. So that song was written actually um, because we were leading summer camps at the time for my brother Eric
1: and was it written for students? It was, Aww.
0: yeah, because that theme that year that Eric was doing was called like my my heart, your home, and and it was actually really sweet. It's from this little booklet that was mm. written like a really long time ago. You could probably find it on Amazon. It is like looks like a Sunday school book, and it's tiny. It's probably like a little three by three book, and. It's all about like letting God into every room of mm. your heart. So, Good. like, do you have a closet where there are things that you don't want others to see? Like, letting him into that, letting him into the bedroom, letting him into the living room. And it, each of those rooms represented something. And then this was really sweet. I remember at the end of the week, we sang that song all week. I have chills. It was really, <laughs> it was so, so sweet. sweet. But the kids at the end of the week actually, like, would have a blueprint of their heart mm. that they had worked on all week with Jesus. And at the end, they like signed over the deed to Jesus. What like, a brilliant idea. Of their heart.
1: is that sweet? Yeah, and so that's that was our amazing. theme song. Oh, and that makes the song even come to life that much more. It's Isn't that such sweet. It's really good. I mean, not that you need me to tell you that it's great writing, <laughs> but it really is. Um, okay, what else do you got? Okay, let's Yay! see.
0: I I'm, I'm doing good.
1: Okay, this is a favorite and you'll know it pretty quickly cuz it starts pretty quickly. But um this I probably had on repeat for years. It it, it is it is that much fun and I can't wait for you to kind of tell the story about it. It's
0: taking me a minute. Oh, this is the live version. Yes. Yeah.
1: Hold down. Is, I think this is on your farewell record. It I think is. it opens on a right. farewell record with the label, which that's Aww. crazy. Aww. Um, yes. But what's the story behind that song? Because it's, you know, you, you're not usually the let me write the dancey song, and <laughs> it is. I feel that same way about Everlifting. Like yeah. they're super dancey and peppy, and it sounds like joy. They're sort of borderline, uh, like, hoedown, Mm -hmm. really. Hoedown, throwdown. Yep. But
0: (laughs) that Nathan probably had to turn into, Dancy. I think that actually was written as well for camp. Take me there. I think it was to have that, like, because, you know, you kind of need that fun opening. kind of theme. Call to worship sort of thing. Um, But, yeah, that I'm pretty sure we wrote for camp as well, or maybe it was written kind of as this call and response type Mm -hmm. thing originally, which Nathan kind of did that call and response thing. And I'm trying to actually remember because you're putting me on the spot. But one of the funny things I do remember is that several moms, or maybe it was just one mom that told us one time, and we thought it was hilarious, that her kids would thought I was singing Tickle Me There. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it was maybe Tickle Me Elmo was still around those days. But they were like, my kid always sings, Tickle Me There,
1: Tickle Me There. (laughs) You could do that on your next lullaby record. Seriously. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That is so fun. Okay. I could do 65 more of these, but here's the last one. And this Um, I have a sweet story about this as well, Um, and you've actually put this on a couple of projects, and I'm pretty sure that it was on uh, one of the passion records Mm. in the years that we were there, but um, I'd love to kind of know the story behind it, and then I have a sweet story about it as well.
0: Was that on The Purest Place originally?
1: Um, I do think it was on The Purest (laughs) Place. I'm asking you. I would have to pull up the actual (laughs) record. Because like I said, that's actually actually been... um, Yeah, that was on The Purest Place. But I do remember... Wasn't it also on a Passion record? Yeah, I think we did
0: that live one year at Passion. Um, I don't remember specifically writing that around any kind of story. But I do know that just listening to it again. And I have listened to that one actually probably in the last few years um, with the girls like mm. and the kids get a kick out of mm-hmm. you know hearing those watermark songs because they just they, they were little bitty or yeah. Annie Rose wasn't even born then and so, to them, it's just so interesting to pull up some of those records. Sometimes we're on a long trip; we'll we'll kind of pull out some watermark, the old and, days. and they're very entertained by it. And they get real quiet and they kind of look out the window. And I think I sing differently, mm-hmm. maybe back then than I do now, or mm-hmm. or just your voice kind of I think evolves a little bit, or um, went through seasons where I sang softer and sang harder, and um, and so yeah, that one though I think. As I'm listening to it, I just think about, I think just my heart of hearts and wanting um, just Jesus to be glorified. Mm -hmm. And I think um, when you make a record, I I know for me, I just wanted Him to be exalted. Mm -hmm. And I think that song came from a place of just like pointing people To Jesus, and I wanted all our, always wanted all my music to do that. Even the Lullaby record that we wrote, I wanted that wanted to do that. But I think that song is just sort of about His glory and and what all makes Him glorious. And look at Him, isn't He glorious? And there's the glory of His name because of who He is, how He obeyed His Father, He went to the cross, He was He He rose again. And um, I just remember wanting that to be this like declaration of yeah. just wanting to glorify the sun. And yeah. I just remember that being the heart of it. Like, I
1: want a song about that. I just remember that being the,
0: yeah, the driving it was, force.
1: It was so impactful. It, it actually makes me tender to hear it again. Um, back in 2005, you know, we have a mutual friend and her brother was 20-something years old, mm-hmm. 21 maybe, and um, had leukemia and between his diagnosis and when he passed away was only about 40 days. And there was a point in the really, really dark days Mm. of that journey, I was blogging on behalf of the family. And so just eventually you're just saying, Holy Mm. Spirit, I I don't have anything good to say. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And God brought that song to my mind. And it's the, there's the glory of your name. There's the glory of your name that was resonating Mm. with me. And so I just started thinking through all the ways we could still see the glory of his name in that horrific process. Mm. And so I would just write, the way the nurse came in and such and such, there's the glory of your name. You know, the way that we got this report and such Mm. and such, there's the glory of your name. The way the grandparents made it here in time, there's the glory of your name. And it was just your obedience in writing the song served what was needed in that, which was, wow. where, where, where is His glory? We're having trouble finding it. There right. it is. Right. Um, so yeah, there are so many others, mm. and I have stories about many of them. Oh, and wow. I know, and I said this last time, I know part of what is so great about this podcast and getting to read your book is that for especially women, but women and men alike, for whom you have pastored and shepherded them through your music and your mm. lyrics— Um, now this is just another dimension of getting Mm. to see that heart on display. So Mm. thanks for doing the quiz. You (laughs) knew all of your own songs, so that's good.
0: (laughs) It's not as bad as I thought. Yes. Yes.
1: So this chapter, The Glorious and the Mundane, is tender because Mm. it talks about the watermark season coming to a close, and really, what led to it? Yeah. And there, there are some things in here that, even knowing the story, I didn't know specific mm. parts of it. Um, there's a r- just really sweet time with you and Nathan, and you just really feel like you enter in as a reader too, mm. <laughs> what it's like for two y- parents of littles, yeah. which we have experienced. Um, to be making a really trajectory-shifting decision. So talk a little bit about that season and what led to that decision Mm. and then the fruit that came from that.
0: Yeah. Man, I could get weepy Mm -hmm. (laughs) really quick. Um, I had a moment with the Lord in just the bathroom cleaning Noah's toilet, actually. He was potty training at the Mm. time-ish. And it was a big job, and and the Lord met me in that place, and and I think I was tender and I was ready because He had allowed me to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. He let me hit a wall, and I think He let me get to the end of myself to where I couldn't do it all. Um, I talk about in the book How that has been And it may sound different To some of you listeners But I think it's relatively The same lie But one of the lies Of the enemy is This is all up to you mm-hmm. You gotta hold all this up You gotta hold your family family Together You gotta hold your career In place if you're working You gotta do all these things Strap it on the backpack And you know pull yourself up By your Chelsea boots And, mm-hmm. and get going Because no one else Is gonna do this for you You gotta get out there And get it done And mm-hmm. And we as women, you know, we're we're fed that all the time. So it's conflicting messages, right? It's confusing. It's like you're supposed to get out there and do all the dreams, and then you're also supposed to be with the Lord and rest in Him. So it's like, what is it? <laughs> Simultaneously. Right. And And so all I know to do is just to say that, you know, to tell this story of how Jesus really did change my life when I hit that wall and... I didn't realize it at the time, it actually took me a few months to kind of uncover that He was actually calling me to lay down my career Mm. for a time. And um, at first, it was just that question, what would it look like Mm -hmm. if you hit the bullseye with me? What would it look like if you trusted me with all this stuff that you're trying to carry and hold up? And if you let me do it for you, what, what might that look like? And what could it look like if you just, rather than trying to do all these things for me, what if you just enjoyed me? Because mm-hmm. that's what I made you to do is just to to enjoy me and to be my kid, to spend time with me, and for all of the things you're trying to do to actually pour and spill out from that place. So I think the laying down of the watermark journey for us, obviously you said it, it was a massive decision because we had a mm-hmm. lot of people counting on us. We had at the time your know, record label and... Um, a booking agent and
1: a money manager, and you know, just all these people. Yeah, they're employees and yeah. people counting on what you were doing with Watermark.
0: Yes, and dates on the books and um, tour buses rented. Mm. And it was a lot. And I said it last time, it was easier when the kids were tiny and you can kind of just tote them around. But I think we kind of hit this point where we were desiring normalcy. Um, and there was that was there was so there was this desire shift happening. So that's neat to look back on and go, okay. One of the ways that God speaks is he he causes our desires yeah. to shift. Yeah. And I was feeling that I I hadn't really expressed it. I don't even know if I had even expressed it to Nathan yet. But I know that God was stirring that in me already. And then then when it was just the I hit the
1: wall, the exhaustion. It was like. Um, I can't do this anymore. And And you've said, I had no idea that a readied heart could look like a weary heart. And I think that is huge for Mm -hmm. listeners today to realize that God leading you into a different season doesn't always look like you're sitting in the morning with your plush blanket and your (laughs) warm cup of coffee seeking God's face, and He speaks (laughs) to you clearly, and you know the next right step sometimes and oftentimes Mm -hmm. because of the pace we run at it looks like hitting the wall it looks like the absolute and total weariness of heart Mm -hmm. um, to show you that you're readied um we have a mutual friend and teacher christy mcclelland who's amazing Mm -hmm. and one of the things that she has said many times before when we've been talking about this kind of topic is she said, I've just started noting for myself when the grace to do it is gone. Mm. Um, And I thought that was so insightful because, you know, He giveth more grace and there's new mercies every morning and the whole thing, but He does not give us... Grace to keep doing what He's asked us to lay down. That's right. He lets us hit that wall. Yeah. There's grace to do what He's called us to do, which is lay it down. Mm. So for some of us, maybe we can ask today, am I continuing to do something, but the grace to do it is actually gone? And that's yeah. that shifting of desire. Yeah. Um. And I didn't watch you lay down that... Watermark journey in person, but I've heard enough about it over the years that I think it's important for you to put some language for people around. It might be easy for people to sit here, you know, 15 years later and go, mm. well, yes, but you still have a bunch of records out, and you've still done a bunch of stuff, and you've still been on stages in front of thousands of people, so it can't have been that bad. Mm. But you you had no plan B That's when right. you laid down Watermark. It truly was okay, Lord, I guess I'm not a worship leader and singer-songwriter now. Mm-hmm. I am a mom, and I'm going home to be a mom and a wife. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? I mm-hmm. mean, it would be easy to think, well, that must have been super easy. And then you got a phone call the next day, and somebody said, please do this. But that's not what happened.
0: Right. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty honest in the book how— how much I wrestled with it Mm. I I think I say like I so want to tell you that that transition home was (laughs) you know just like so you know me under that blanket like you said just Mm -hmm. seeking the heart of God (laughs) children playing quietly totally Uh oh man it was hard and it was a time in my life where I felt really unseen and um, that was new for me I mean we were talking about it beforehand of just how the pace I'd been keeping and my ministry was public, and 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 you know, even I was honest about saying that meeting with God for me, the majority of it was was probably happening on a stage on in front a platform, of sure. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so, for the first time, I was actually having to figure that out just on my own between the four walls of my kitchen um, with kids who needed me and. At that time in my life, you know, I think I even mentioned this in the last episode about just kind of feeling like a commodity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was the shift was the Lord was like, you're not a commodity, you're you're a child. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the call, looking back, to literally come home and physically and emotionally and spiritually take care of my kids was this like you become like a child it was sort of like the lord had my physical eyes on my children for me to learn all over again what that would look like to become a child um you know jesus says the greatest in the kingdom we must to be mm-hmm. the greatest in the kingdom we must become like a child yeah. and i mean what a statement what a example of what it's supposed to look like and i have even have um A place in my ESV Bible that I love, and I mention it in the book, that it says, The humility of a child consists of childlike faith, vulnerability, and the inability to advance his or her own cause apart from the help, direction, and resources of a parent. So good. And I think um, the Lord at that time, I share, you know, that He actually met me in Psalm 37, where it Mm -hmm. says... The justice of He will make the justice of your cause shine like the noonday sun, and so there was this word "cause" that I was sort of it was stirring around in me, and at that time my cause was Watermark and all Mm -hmm. that I had been doing for God, which was let's face it, it was all good things. All good things. Ministry was all coming from a pure place. All those songs. I wasn't writing, you know, songs from a place of trying to make money or I can honestly say that. It was mm-hmm. like, no, this is what God's called me to do. I will busy myself for the kingdom. And but it was like you said, I mean, the grace to keep going in that season was was gone. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Lord was like, what are you gonna do now? Yeah. <laughs> and also, what could it look like to write songs from a place of returning to me as a child and really remembering? and learning what it looks like to just enjoy me rather than feeling like you got to strap on the backpack and do all the things for me. And so it was this reordering is kind of what I talk about in the book of of my life and learning to look to him for his help, his direction, his resources in order to, you know, unfold the cause that I do believe he has put in me. And that's the thing I want to say is that you know, the Lord has put a cause in all of us like a wirings and giftings and things that from even our childhood we've had you know just longings and desires for as far as just the way that he expresses his life through us like i believe that is all intricately wired in us and so it's very specific and but i think for me it was all about laying those things down and entrusting those things to him it was really you know i laughed with my editor Because I was like, you know, really, rest is about trust and surrender. But she was like, you can't put trust and surrender on the title. (laughs) Ain't ain't nobody going to buy it. (laughs) We don't want to know what it looks... You know, we don't want to learn about surrender as much as we want to learn about rest, you know. But really what He was calling me to was was rest. And that started with trust and surrender. And it started with a pretty big ask, you know. Mm -hmm. And... I'm not saying that God's going to ask you, know, you to lay down your career. Um, you know We've all been through big decision moments. I've walked with you mm-hmm. through some of those. Mm-hmm. It's not always about you know that He's wanting us to make this huge decision. But I think more than anything that He's asking us to do for Him, God is most excited about and I think just concerned with who we're becoming. And so for me, I think it was like, what would it look like? if you laid this down and you cared for your children, and like you said, there wasn't plan B. And I think no. that was right
1: where you wanted me. And you, I mean, the disparity between the two things, <laughs> it's, it's almost comical because m- most of us who did not, who were not called to lay down a big platform ministry mm. might not feel this as acutely, but you were literally going from... Everything that came out of your mouth, people are clapping and cheering. Mm. You know, our kids don't circle up around us at the end (laughs) of the day and (laughs) applaud us and cheer for us and tell us how great we did. And so you've been really transparent with it, feeling unseen, Mm. Mm -hmm. but then over the years, realizing that you were so seen and you were seen by the only person that matters and that now you're in a place where you you wouldn't trade all the public affirmation and Mm -hmm. accolades for that Mm. intimacy. But it was difficult. And so you met a woman named Terry in that season, and she was the one who really gave you this, the glorious and the mundane to think about. So unpack that just a little bit. I know certainly your listeners are so familiar with that, but Mm. I think it's important because I think somebody needs to hear today mm. that there can be glorious right in the middle of that mundane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was right during that, you know, moment of me going, you know, kind of getting past probably the first initial like, This is so cool. I'm I'm getting to like follow the Lord and I'm doing something sort of like radical here. And, <laughs> you know, we had told our label at that point, you know, we're we're not going to re-sign our record deal, and there was a little bit of excitement about it at first because mm-hmm. it was like, "Wow, you know, this is new. This is like us really, you know, just sort of like the, where the rubber meets the road, and we're following God in this." Well, then, you know, as we all know, that wears off mm-hmm. at some point where it's just like, "Okay, <laughs> where'd this everybody
1: is, go? This is real <laughs> life."
0: <laughs> and Nathan, I talk about it in the book. You know him skipping down the stairs every morning to our, you know, beautiful studio we, we studio we had built out in the basement and me being upstairs, you know, having to like cook pretty much for the first time in my life because I was so used to catering mm-hmm. and that, you know, we'd been on tours for so many years with the kids and I honestly didn't know how to cook or clean or take care of a house. I was just learning it all. It was like trial by fire. And, you know, I have these littles at that point we just had to, we had Noah and Ellie and... I remember Terry coming over one day because she was a country writer and she ha- I knew I'd heard she was kind of friends with some friends from our church. I knew she had nine children and I just thought mm. that alone, you know, is incredible. And that she homeschooled him, but that she was this country writer and she had asked Nathan if I would sing a, a demo for her for one of the songs she would written. Mm-hmm. And so I was so excited to get to work, you know, like to go do music because yeah. I hadn't done it in so long. And I was like, yes, I would love that. And so I met her and I just was intrigued by her uh, demeanor. Just she's very, she's a restful person. She's just very, she reminded me of Jesus. And I was like, can we get coffee? <laughs> and we did. And I remember showing up and just sitting in front of her and just tears were coming out of my eyes. I mean, I was like, how do you do this? Like, how can I um, mother my kids? Because it wasn't about that I didn't love my children, obviously. I mean, sure. it, I, adored, I adore them to this day, and it was never about that. Um, it was just, it was that transition of, like you're saying, of just like, this feels so lonely and unseen and like um, unapplauded and... Mm-hmm. Um, and then just how do I find God in this? How do I how do I meet with him? And I knew I couldn't at that point in my life do the hour long, you know, Bible study at my farm table. It was just I couldn't get an hour long that was uninterrupted in that season of my life. And so I was like how do you do it, you know? And that's when she looked at me and said you invite the glorious into the mundane. And I just sat there. At first it was like No, but I need like a wall chart, like that has like the stuff I can. Can I get a (laughs) checkbox? I'm like, like, no, for real. Like, how do I do that? But she just starts telling me, you know, how she she's like, I I have my songwriting notebook and I sit on the floor in my laundry room. And while I'm folding clothes and mopping things and cleaning things, I'm just conversing with God and I'm just writing down things and Mm. and for whatever reason I never thought that I could experience Him like that, that it could be ongoing, an unbroken communion with Him all throughout the day. And that's when it started for me. It was also sort of like, oh, there's also no more excuses. He can meet me anywhere, anytime. And I think that was the beauty of Him meeting me in the toilet that day, you know, like just me cleaning that toilet and Him showing up and speaking to my heart. And at the same time, drawing me to where I wanted to come home. So I do think that it was a physical call home. Like, it was like, I am asking you to lay this down so that you can reprioritize your family, knowing that that was going to be, for my good, like, Mm a 1,000-fold. I mean, like, just the stories after stories that have come, you know, after that. Like, that's another reason to live this for 15 years. But just it was a really a spiritual call to come home and so it was like my physical call home was mirroring, mirroring what was happening in the spiritual and sometimes those do like come together for us in certain seasons and that's certainly like looking back on it i didn't maybe recognize it then but i could i can see it when i look back and of course that you know i've told that story before on this um Podcast, that's where the name of the podcast came from, but it really is because that was sort of the starting point for me Mm -hmm. of, okay, God's reordering something for me to like begin to live out my longing in a different way. Um, I didn't know. I probably couldn't have articulated at that point in my life that longing that we talked about the last time, but now I know... And so now I look back on it and I'm like, wow, He is
1: so gracious to come after us. That was the long answer. <laughs> no, but it was the good answer. And for those of you listening today, it it may be a very mundane season for you, or maybe mundane isn't the word you'd use to describe it, maybe busy. Um, I have I have started paying attention to the fact that People will often text me or call me, and the first thing they say is, Hey, I know you're so busy. And so you may be the so busy one listening today. But um, I think the thing that is sweet about what Terry offered to Christy is that she said, You invite the glorious into the mundane, or you invite the glorious into the busy, or you invite the glorious into the frazzled, or the anxiety, or the loneliness. And so today, our challenge to you and our challenge to ourselves is, how can we invite the glorious in? Um, You know, God is kind, and His Spirit is kind, and He rarely comes in banging a cowbell, but He is ready (laughs) um, to enter in, in the invitation. And I think that's how we surrender. That's a step toward that trust and surrender Christy was talking about, about inviting the glorious and trusting that God will show up when we invite Him, even into our laundry room floors while Mm. we're folding clothes. So um, I hope it's encouraging today Mm. to your listeners. It's Mm. encouraging to me just to hear it again Mm. and just to take stock of how I'm able to invite the glorious (laughs) because there's a lot of mundane and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of over and over and over Yeah. Um, but those can be real holy moments yeah
0: well thank you again for being a part of just helping me talk this through this story Um, maybe you're just that person that keeps reminding me of things (laughs) I've said and sung (laughs) stories I I will always do it stories I've told (laughs) um but yeah, it's it, it's so good to just um, look back, remember his faithfulness, but also just even for today, what is he giving you grace for today? And maybe what is he, you know, saying? There's no more grace for right. that. Yeah, a, <laughs> that's a great my, question. That was my good my takeaway today. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Christy McClellan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thanks again, Shannon. I appreciate you for sure. being a part of this episode. Cheering
1: you on, friend. Thank you.